This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the senior pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona. When I look at the world right now, and I look at the impact of Christianity in general, whether it be in the world or just in our culture in America today, and I wonder here, even as I look at verses like verse 9, maybe one of the reasons why we are not as impactful on the world is because we've been watered down so much in our own personal lives. What kind of impact are you having in your family, in your circle of friends, in your workplace, in your community? Is there any? As Christians, we're called to be salt and light in this world. That means we're supposed to make a difference, an effect. But you cannot make a difference if you're living just like everyone else. Do people look to you and see a difference in your life because of Christ? Or have you simply faded into the background and look like just another person in the world? Let's join Pastor David in the book of Malachi, chapter 1, verse 6, for today's study. Now, that was the word to Edom. Now, Malachi moves in. And it begins talking to not just the people of Israel or Judah. It's Israel now that they've come back into a nation. But here he's going to speak to a particular group. He says in verse 6, A son honors his father and a servant his master. Well, if then I am the father, then where is my honor? And if I am a master then where is my reverence? When I read that, I thought almost immediately of what Isaiah speaks in the first chapter of Isaiah. And Isaiah says, you know, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Well, it's kind of the same words that he's speaking here. He says, if I... Where, if I'm the father, where's my honor? If I'm the master, where's my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. But who does he say it to, church? To you. He's speaking to the religious leaders. He's speaking to the priests. And he goes on to say, and yet you, to the priests who despise my name, yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? And then he's going to go on to speak that. But then again, before we even get into what he's going to speak about their bad religion, The thing that I see here is, again, we're going to find this denial all through the book of Malachi. God's going to bring a judgment against the people. He's going to declare a thing against the people, and they're going to deny it. Well, in what way? When? How did we do that? I never did that. How many of you guys have children that, you know, says, hey, who took this? Not me. Not me. Uh Uh-uh. Who broke that? Not me. Uh Uh-uh. And you think, wow, it's the same kind of concept. We learn it very young, don't we? So he goes on to say, they ask, in what way have we despised your name? And God's going to tell them, you've got bad religion. You've got bad religion. Listen to what he says. You offer defile food on my altar, but say, in what way have we defiled you? By saying that the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is that not evil? Man, what kind of sacrifices were they supposed to offer, church? 
Anybody? Perfect. They were supposed to spotless. They were, they were supposed to make sure it's not broken, it's not lame, there's no spots on it. Uh, it, it it's fine. And so that what 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 we found out that they do is that they would take. Well, I can't get anything out of that one at, at the market. I'll give that to the Lord. I'll, I'll, I'll give this to the Lord because it's no it's no good to me. So I might as well give it to the Lord. And this is what God is saying: You're despising my name. You are defiling my altar in this. He says in, in all of this, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Try offering that to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? How true that is. I just don't feel like paying my taxes this week, this year. It's okay, isn't it? But yet, the people of God do that in their giving to the Lord. I just don't feel like, huh? In our service to the Lord. Well, if I have any time left over or anything, I won't go too far because then I'll start preaching and then get everybody upset and mad. But you understand what he's speaking there, okay? I don't think any of us missed the point of what he's speaking. Verse 9, he says, but now entreat God's favor. Entreat God's favor, that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that you would not kindle fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. For from the rising of the sun, even to its going down, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered to my name, a pure offering, for my name shall be great among the nation, says the Lord. What in the world did he just say here? As he says, why don't you come and treat me? Come again, lay your life before me. Seek again that forgiveness. Turn your life around. Repent, in essence, is what he's saying. But then he says in verse 10, I wish somebody would just go and lock the church doors. Turn out the lights, lock the doors, because there's nothing happening in here that's pleasing me at all. Wow. Ichabod. God has left. What a, what a, what a desperate situation that is. What a, what a desperate word that would be of somebody coming and saying, you know what? I've visited your church. I've been at your church. You might as well lock the doors. You might as well close the doors. There's nothing happening there. But yet God says, but that's not going to stop my kingdom from moving and going. As a matter of fact, from the rising of the sun, even to it's going down. In other words, from, from east to west. Again, speaking of that, of that, that work, the expanse of God's kingdom, he's going to continue to, to do his work. The question is, is do you want him to do it in and through you? Do you want to get to that place where he literally says, you know what, I've tried working in your life, I've tried working through your life, but you're closed off to me, therefore I'm going to work and I'm going to do my work at will in and through someone else. And then all of that comes back in verse 12. But you profane it, 
the table of the Lord, in that you say, the table of the Lord is defiled, and its fruit and its food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it. Says the Lord of hosts, you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand? Says the Lord. But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male, and he takes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. He tells him, you come up and says, man, serving the Lord, that's just so hard. Just so hard. Sacrificing to the Lord, that's so hard. To give anything to the Lord, that's just so hard. To take out of my time to serve the Lord in some place. To volunteer in, in service of the Lord, that's just so, my, man, you don't understand how busy my life is. I've got, I've got a plan, I've got a purpose, I don't have time to, to serve the Lord, but God, God understands that, and He'll know. But from what I read and what Malachi tells us here, God says, no, you're, you're coming, and in essence, we, we offer up an emptiness. He says, you, you have a flock, you've got, you've got, you've got, and, and let's bring it real to us here, okay? Cause maybe only one or two of us might have, uh, livestock here. Let's bring it, let's bring it to where we're at right now, okay? For most of us. Cursed be the deceiver who has a flock, in his flock, a male, takes a vow. In other words, Lord, I want this to be used for you. Let's bring that home to say, Lord, I want my life to glorify you. I want my life to honor you. And then we get to that point saying, yeah, but not in that way. Uh, I, I don't have time for that. Well, I really can't afford to help over there. I can't do that. Well, I can't volunteer that. Can we kind of agree together that in principle that's pretty much the same thing as what he's saying there? I don't, I don't have a, a herd of goats or sheep to give to the Lord. But I do have my time. I do have my talents and my treasure, however big or small it might be. We, we all have some of that. And I believe that that falls into the same category, the same place and time. That are we allowing the Lord to be glorified in our life by the way that we live our lives? Oh, pastor, I'm, I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to live my life right and, and, and before the Lord. And, and then in, in what area are you giving, literally giving your life to Him? What investment of time or talent or treasures do you give to the Lord? Robert knows that he's on 24-hour call. I used to be on 24-hour call before I hired Robert. No, no, I'm still... <laughs> you go into the ministry, it's just expected that any time the phone's going to pick up, somebody's going to say, hey, 
so-and-so's in the hospital, so-and-so, man, their family's falling apart right now, we need to go over and minister, we, we, different things are going, we, we just know that, that comes with the territory. But did you realize that in reality, every one of us that call Christ our Lord and Savior, we're in, we're in full-time ministry? You're in full-time ministry. You think, well, I don't think so. Really? So when do you clock out? When do you clock out? Yeah, when you leave the earth. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I was here Sunday. I was here like for an hour and a half. And then I clocked out. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're clocked out. Or, or, or do you really live with the concept, with the, with the mind frame that you are in full-time ministry? That at any point in time, the Lord can speak to you or maybe somebody can call you or however it is and we're there. We need to be there. Not just because we're paid staff, but because we are all children of God. We are His children. He says, don't make a sacrifice or a vow and then offer me something that's blemished, something that's lame. Because you got to understand, I'm a great king. And we don't really bring that concept too often to ourselves, do we? I mean, we really don't. We don't live in that kind of a culture where there is a, a king as if we lived like, you know, uh, I don't know how many, 800 years ago or a 1,000 years ago, where there was kings that, man, that king would, boom, come and take, he'd take your lands if you want. You didn't have much to say. The king wanted to use it for his purposes. That's why he reminds them, I am a great king. I am a great king. Let's move on. He says, my name is to be feared among the nations. And now, O priest, he's still talking to the priest, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, I will send a curse upon you. And I will curse your blessings. Yes, I have cursed them already because you do not take it to heart to curse their blessings. God had promised those priests, the, the Levites and those that I'll take care of you. The, the nation will take care of you. The people will take you out. I'm going to curse your blessings. Why? Because you're not listening to me. You're not, again, honoring me in your life. He says, behold, I'm going to rebuke your descendants. I'm going to spread refuse on your faces. Dung, manure, shall I keep on? We know what he's saying there, right? God is going to spread that on their faces. The refuse of your solemn feasts. And you, and one will take you away with it. You see, during their feasts, they did all of the sacrifice. There's a lot of the animal that just wasn't able to be used, and it was hauled out. He says, I'm going to haul you guys out with it. Why? Because you've refused to honor me. He goes on to say, verse 4, 
Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue. See, it's the Levites that were the priests. It was the Levites that God had covenanted that I'll take care of you. You don't need to own land. You don't need to own property. I'll take care of you for this. He says, my covenant was with him, with Levi, the the original, one of life and peace. And I gave them to him that he might fear me. And so he did fear me. And he was reverent before my name. And the law of truth was in his mouth. And injustice was not found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity. And he turned away from iniquity. For the lips of a priest should keep knowledge, and people should seek the law from his mouth. It's an interesting thing. People should seek the law from his mouth. If we, and it's, it's difficult really to take the whole concept of the priesthood and bring it into today's church situation and say that the pastors are like the priest because you know what? That's not the way it is. In the New Testament, who be the priests? We are. He says, I'll make you a nation of priests. So what does that say in all of this? Suddenly now you can't keep pointing to Alan and me and Robert and say, yeah, see, he's talking to you. No, he's talking to all of us. But the thing that I really see in this and the thing that caught me in this, he says, they're going to come to you, and he's speaking to the priests of the Old Testament. He says the people will seek the law from his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. How many non-believers within your family, within your workplace, within your neighborhood, within your friends, your acquaintances, know that they can come to you because you know the word of the Lord? Don't say, well, it's easy for you, Pastor, to say it. No, because we're in that same boat. Are we all really in that kind of situation where non-believing friends, neighbors, acquaintances say, you know what, I want to go talk to Alan because I know the guy, he's got the Lord in him. I don't know anything about the Lord, but I know that. Or to come and say, Hey, I, 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 I want to talk to Vic because I know Vic is, 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 he's a, he's a man of God and, and I don't know anything about God, but I need some answers. Does, and I think that he has them. In, in every one of our lives, as a matter of fact, when I worked as an electrician, I didn't like, I know this is a weird confession to make, but I didn't like people to know that I was a pastor because I figured if they thought that I was a pastor, they would think that I was following the Lord because I was a pastor and not because I was a believer. And invariably, you know, that often would come the case. They would figure out I was a pastor. Oh, well, that's why. You'd... No, it's not. It's, it's because I'm a believer, because I know Christ, because I love the Lord and I want to be used by him for all of us. Are, are we people that others would look at us and know that again, from our mouths comes knowledge. From our mouths come again the word of the Lord. He's a, we are messengers of the Lord of hosts. Because he says in verse eight, 
but you've departed from the way. And you've caused many to stumble at the law. You've corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore, I also have made you contemptible and base before all the people, because you have not kept my ways, but you've shown partiality in the law. I want to take this above and outside of these walls real quick, okay? So it doesn't end too heavy for any of us. But I look at the world right now. And I look at the impact of Christianity in general. Whether it be in the world or just in our culture in America today. And I wonder here, even as I look at verses like verse 9... Maybe one of the reasons why we are not as impactful on the world is because we've been watered down so much in our own personal lives. That the things of God aren't as powerful in our lives, and so we've caused many to stumble, even as believers, in the way that we've lived our lives. I believe that something that... when When you read the Old Testament, you can look back and say, yeah, those Israelites, all those guys, they never did learn. All that God showed them, all the times of God, they never did learn. And we could keep it back in the Old Testament, we could keep it in Israel, and we could move on and feel good the rest of the day. But that's not why God gave us this. The Word even says, these things have been written to you as an example. And again, when I look at these things... I look to see, okay, Lord, as you're talking to them back then, how are you speaking that to me today, right now? And in that, I see perhaps even the very same struggles, the same situation. Are we being the people of God that we need to be? Am I being the man of God that I need to be? Not because I'm, quote, unquote, in the ministry but because the Lord is my Lord. Are we effective in our world, uh, in, in our nation as believers? And again, regardless of the shingle that's outside, what denomination, what group, what church it is, but if we name the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior, have we isolated ourselves from the world and say, we'll, we'll never, you know, I, I don't want to be soiled or spoiled by the world? That's one extreme. And the other extreme is we're so involved in the world that people can't tell us the dip, tell the difference between believers and the world. So you got these two extremes. I believe that Jesus walked in the middle there. Because again, what was he, what was he accused of? Hanging around with prostitutes and drunks and yeah, the IRS guys. Remember last Sunday we talked about that. Not that they were rubbing off on him, but that he would be a light to them. And there was a stability in his life and in those New Testament believers. And yes, and I believe that there's many believers that do have that stability. But it's that stability of life that's not fearful to impact the lives of non-believers. But yet they're strong enough to not be impacted by non-believers. Does that make sense? If we are the light of the world... And that means we need to have something that's worth shining, okay? 
where there, there needs to be that illumination. And it's not our charming personalities, folks. It is the light of Christ shining through us. Because the world needs that. They need real. They need real. And they need honest. And they need stable and balance. And above all of those things is truth. Because see, truth without balance, truth without stability, truth without being real, doesn't impact anybody. But when truth is supported by all these other things, then we start making a difference in people's lives. I believe that's what God has called us to do. We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to TheOpenWord.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now, we want to be sure to tell you how you can get a free copy of this teaching. Simply log on to TheOpenWord.com. Our website has today's message available for you to download. For more information about The Open Word or Calvary Chapel Casa Grande, we encourage you to log on to TheOpenWord.com. Remember, at the website you'll find quite a bit of information about The Open Word and a link to the church website. So log on to TheOpenWord.com today and get to know us better. We wish we had more time today to share more of Pastor David's message, but we've run out of time. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.